Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll welcome the return of Kirk McElhern. He's a columnist and podcaster, and he has a new podcast he's going to talk about. A little bit later, we'll hear from Jeff Gamet of the Mac Observer. We'll talk about Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference, what they introduced, and what was missing in action. All this and more on the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> we welcome back Kirk McElhern, who is engaged in so many new projects that we're going to just have fun talking about them. It's been a busy bee and hasn't been too much in rant mode, except perhaps on his own shows. So we can kind of rant. I'm going to rant quickly about Skype. Skype has a nasty habit of reverting its settings. So, for example, we use for the show an external mic mixer. No big deal. You know, just not an unusual thing. Problem with Skype is sometimes it reverts back to your standard mic. So when you're talking to somebody, they are hearing you from your internal mic and everything sounds weird. Like, Kurt could barely understand me, which may be a benefit. Could be, yeah. So I, I have all sorts of problems with Skype as well. Uh, you know, I use it to record podcasts. And frankly, I was very pleased to see that Apple announced FaceTime with group chats of 32 people. Now, I would never do it with 32 people, but I do one podcast where there are three co-hosts. And if we have a guest, that makes four people. Other podcasts with two people and a guest, that makes three We've long wanted to use FaceTime instead of Skype, but you can only use FaceTime with two people. So I look forward to that. They showed that on iOS. They didn't show it on the Mac, and I don't know if they're rolling it out for the Mac right away. I would assume they'll have to. But even if you're running four or eight conferences simultaneously, what kind of bandwidth, what kind of resources does that pick up? Well, if you remember when iChat did that, what did they call that? iChat theater mode, where you could have multiple people? One of the computers was hosting the chat, and that computer had to have certain characteristics, RAM and CPU and stuff like that, just back a number of years. There's nothing like that in Skype, and it seems like it's the Skype server that does all the heavy lifting, that basically the bandwidth needed for a single person is what they're sending, and and they're receiving a sort of an aggregate from Skype. I'm assuming that they've worked that out with FaceTime to make it work, because if they're going to do this on mobile with, you know, six people, you can't be having, um, you know, hundreds of megabytes needed to, to run a, a conference. People are going to do conference calls like that for a half hour, or families are going to do it maybe even for an hour. Uh, it has to be very low bandwidth. Or they require Wi-Fi connectivity, because AT&T and Verizon and these other companies are going to be salivating over the increased bandwidth you'll be using. Yeah, but I think that's all done server-side now. I really don't think that's the issue that we had years ago. I think the problem years ago is is it was a point-to-point connection with iChat Theater. Again, I'm not sure that that was exactly the name. And now I think it's different. I think that the server does all of the the real processing. The iCloud, which better be performing properly. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, we'll see how it works out. There's an app called Discord that's supposed to be pretty good about group chatting. I have not tried it yet. I've not tried other things because the thing about when you do podcasts, as you know, it's very easy to say to someone, okay, we're going to do this over Skype. What's your Skype name? And pretty much anyone who you're going to invite on a podcast already has a Skype account. Now, it's kind of the same with FaceTime if you're dealing with people who are Apple users. 
Um, but if you have to get a, a third-party app that you have to get people to download and install, they may be hesitant about doing it. As you say, Skype is almost a default part of the system. Let's kind of look into more of what Apple introduced. With iOS 12, they promised better performance, especially on older models. It will still run on the same models as iOS 11, which goes back to, like, the iPod Touch 6th generation, the iPhone 5S. Yep. Okay. And older iPads. Now, supposedly, a lot of this and this enhancements and animations are enhanced, too. It's just a matter of fine-tuning the system and using tools that they may or may not have used before. What have you picked up about it? You know, there's a few features. Uh, it, it's interesting because do you remember the years when they would come out and say more for macOS and for iOS, a hundred new features in macOS Lion or whatever it was, and they're really not doing anymore. They're coming out with what seems to be a half a dozen features. The main one that they list on their website is performance. And I guess this is because a lot of people have complained about things slowing down. FaceTime is a marquee feature. The Memojis is a marquee feature. Um, some new camera effects. Augmented reality, which was a big deal at the presentation, but I don't think it's going to be a big deal for users. Screen time. What I really like is the new notifications, putting notifications in a stack, because nothing annoys me more than getting up in the morning and having 50 notifications that are just in chronological order and not being able to sort by the app where I'm more interested in seeing the notification. There's some new photo search and sharing. There's the Siri shortcuts, which is sort of automator for iOS, and I'm not sure that a lot of people are going to get into that because that's a little bit complicated. Um, and, and another really important thing is the new privacy feature that they're going to be blocking Safari from sending as much information. There, there's a thing called fingerprinting, which allows companies that record a lot of data from web users, they can fingerprint you by a number of characteristics, your location, your computer type, your computer, your bandwidth, your internet bandwidth, and all that. And so Apple's going to be blocking that. And, and I think that's a positive uh, step in terms of privacy. That's something that I like. Facebook might not like it. No, but that's their problem. In fact, that's interesting, too. We're seeing more and more that Apple's bad-mouthing, or at least attacking Facebook. Yeah, indeed. Apple is making it clear that they don't subscribe to Facebook's data collection model. And I think this is there are two reasons. One is it's good business, but another is it is the way Apple works and thinks privacy is important and they don't need to make money off your data. Now, if they needed, if it was essential to them, I think their attitude might be a little bit different um, from a business point of view, but they've never been like that. And, and I think it's good. And it lets them take the high road. And Facebook is going to have to adapt in many ways to this. Well, it's part of it is, as you say, self-serving. And I don't mind, you know, I think if I want to comment in Facebook, which I do on a rare occasion or like something, I'm sure that I can do that when I want to. And otherwise, nobody should be tracking me. But it appears that everybody's tracking everybody. And it's bad enough as it is. As I mentioned to you before we started, I've already been hacked in different ways, even though I take precautions. And it's complicated, and we're not going to get into the inner details here. But as a result of that, it's just been a feeling that there's nothing I can do, no matter how private I want to be, that is my business. Yeah. 
Well, my Skype account was hacked last week, um, so you had to connect to, to a new account that I made. Um, and I'm unable to get control of the old account back from Microsoft. Um, interestingly, this I discovered this um, from some people who emailed me to say that my account was sending spam. And I went to change the password, and it didn't work, so I had to try to change it again. And then they said too many attempts to change the password. So on my iMac, I was locked out, and I didn't know what to do. And then I turned on my MacBook Pro the following day, and it logged in automatically. So it seems like when you log into Skype from a computer, there's some sort of a token that keeps the session open. So I was able to log in, change, take my name off the account, and delete all my contacts in that account. Um, but I still can't get access to it from Microsoft because they, they direct you to a form where you have to answer a number of questions. I set up my Skype account 10 years ago. I don't remember which email address I used. So I've tried different email addresses, and then they told me, well, you can't try again. You've tried too many times to reset your account. Um, you'll have to wait a day or two or something like that. And it's just a joke what Microsoft is doing, because if I hadn't been able to get into the account on the other computer, this is just identity theft that would continue sending out spam to my contacts who think it's me. Although most of them know it's not me. Most of them realize that the account's been hacked. We'll have more of this Kirk in his best form. Kirk McElhern with Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Out Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-301-5435. That's 800-301-5435. You have been lied to. Generation after generation, time after time after time. If you follow the money, then you understand why America's in the condition it's in. Now, you created the Star Reserve in 1913 through lies. 
you create 9-11, do 9-11, you, then you're fighting a war on terror, and now all of a sudden you go into Iraq, which was another lie. This book will open people's eyes. Order now at killingunclesambook.com. killingunclesambook.com. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. ProPure Gravity Water Filters. Most tested, most trusted. The Pro One G2.0 filter by ProPure fits most gravity systems and is so easy to set up and use. No priming required. Independent lab tested to NSF standards. Removes up to 200 plus contaminants with Pro One G2.0 full spectrum filter technology. ProPure Water Filters. When you don't know what's in your water, start enjoying great tasting water today. Visit an authorized ProPure dealer or ProPureUSA.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. Now, part of that, of course, the problem with recovering your account is that Skype was bought by Microsoft, so they had to kind of coordinate and merge their facilities with Skype's facilities. That's part of the problem. I ran into a problem with my AOL account where I had the screen name Gene for 25 years and the email address Gene for 25 years. Yeah. And something went wrong and I had to recover it, but they have no record of my account that it ever existed. And part of it is it was a press account originally. Then I became a paid forum leader. Then it reverted to a press account. And I just said, the heck with it. You know, AOL is going to eventually disappear anyway. It's barely there now, I think. They do have a tiny number of dial-up customers still, people who live in areas where they have no other route to Internet, unless they pay a lot for satellite Internet. And you know what that is. Although I understand Hughes. Net, which is, I guess, the main satellite provider in the U.S., no longer has bandwidth caps. At least that's what they claimed in a TV commercial. I'm not going to go into that. Anyway, let's move on to more stuff that's happening. iOS 12, same support for hardware, better performance. So the people who used to say Apple's here to obsolete older equipment by making it run slower, which is not correct. It's just the systems need more resources. They can't argue that this year. On the other hand, on the Mac, if your Mac was not equipped with metal graphics support, which is your graphics chip, you can't run Mojave. Some foreigners call it Mojave. 
Well, that's Jabe's problem, but it will run on Macs with native support for Metal Graphics. I know there are some Mac Pros from 2010 and 2012 that do it. Otherwise, it's just Macs built in 2012 or later. Now, that's right. not so bad. That's six years ago. And by the time the next OS comes out, it's going to be seven years. And that's yep. not bad, really. But if you have anything older than those Macs, like my 2010 MacBook Pro, which is running high Sierra with pretty good performance, they're going to be obsolete. Yeah, I have a 2011 Mac Mini that I use as a server, and that is officially obsoleted now. I'm not too concerned about it. I don't use it for much. It, it doesn't even access the Internet. It's just a local file server, and I use it for Plex. I, I had been wanting to buy a new Mac Mini for several years, and since they don't update them, since they haven't updated the Mac Mini in what more than a thousand days, um, I'm probably not going to replace it. I mean, as long as it still runs, it's fine. But it does worry me a little bit having a computer that is um, that is obsolete. That's not going to be able to have the latest operating system, and that won't get security up. Well, also, I do not believe Apple's not going to update the Mac Mini because of Tim Cook expressing the, the love for the Mac Mini. And I think eventually they've got something. I suspect because there were no hardware introductions at WWDC that Apple is going to introduce new Macs in a fall event like October. And everything will be out by then. And then maybe we'll hear, number one, about the future of the Mac Mini. Maybe see a demo of the next Mac Pro. Well, I hope we see a demo of the new Mac Pro because they said they would release it in 2019, correct? Yeah. So that would be the time. Of course, they could wait until January. Um, but the more they put it off, um, the more people are going to be critical because they are still selling the trash can Mac Pro, Mac Pro at the original price, which, you know, as, as each year passes, it gets more and more ridiculous. Well, they did say 2019. And I kind of suspect that's what's going to happen. They'll say, this is the next Mac Pro in October, and then say this will come out early in 2019. Now, I wonder here why it should take so long to release something that's basically going to be a modern version of the cheese grater Mac. The only thought that occurs to me here is the possibility that Apple is, as has been reported, going to be focusing on workflow bottlenecks, working with professionals and trying to do tricks of the trade to reduce the overhead. That's what they're saying, but I don't know what that means regarding hardware. Does it mean that they're going to conceive the hardware for what different types of users need? And, and you know, you mentioned the cheese grater Mac Pro. It's relatively large, which means that it, it's expandable, upgradable quite easily. I think that's the ideal solution, not trying to make something that's small. As much as I liked that, you know, little Mac Pro, um, the, the best bet is to make something that is that that is flexible. And flexibility in, includes possibly changing the graphics card, adding more hard drives or SSDs, um, adding other types of, of PCI cards to it. And, and I don't see that having anything to do with workflow. Well, that might be more of an OS thing, I, I would think. Remember also, Apple is now using the system on a chip from ARM for two Macs. Yeah. The touch bar on the MacBook Pro and 
in the iMac Pro. And if they're funneling low-level functions there, maybe there are things they could do to optimize performance for I.O. I don't know. I don't know. This this high-level stuff, uh, you know, um, computer design and, and chip and stuff, I don't really pay attention to that. I don't think that's really an issue for most people, though. I really think people want computers to do a certain thing. They're light. They've got a good display. They're fast. They've got a certain amount of storage. It's not that complicated. Um, they want, I think professionals want to be able to upgrade um, processors because imagine you bought a certain computer and you've spent more for a special video card or, or extra storage is expensive. You don't want to have to buy a new computer to upgrade the um, CPU. And, and this is long been a problem with Apple. If they want to give something to pros, give them a chassis that they can build things like sticking Lego bricks in it and they can build to order what they really want, but also pull things out and replace them later. Well, I look forward to seeing what's going to happen, except as far as the Mac Pro is concerned, that's just way out of my league. There's nothing about the Mac Pro that really will interest me, nor the iMac Pro, for that matter. No, that will interest either. me in my workflow, because a lot of the things I do will never benefit from the eight cores. And if you look at the various tests that have been done of the iMac Pro, a four-core iMac maxed out the regular one, is slightly faster than the Mac Pro. The Mac yeah. Pro only comes, or the iMac Pro, only comes into its own with eight core functions or more, which is a small number of apps that benefit in a way that will deal with professionals. Obviously, it starts at $5,000, so Apple knows it's going to be a restricted premium audience, prestige machine. Look, folks, what we could do, and I think a lot of it is, Oh, look, folks, what we can do. And if they make people, a couple of dollars, there, I that's think there fine. Are pros. I think there are pros. I think there are pros who are taking advantage of it. Of course people there working, are. We, people we working are, with let's break. video and photos and graphics. Let's break. Okay, more to come with Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. This is Fred. Uh, hi, I'm Fred. Fred's a repeater. I tend to repeat. Fred has a business. I do have a business. And a problem. Fred repeats the same tired advertising over and over, and now it doesn't work. Over and over. But Fred is about to see a vision. I'm seeing a vision. Advertising on the Genesis Communications Network is the smart way for Fred to reach his potential customers with the most affordable national advertising rates, period. Get started today with GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. Just email advertise at GCNlive.com. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Over the last four years, three of the biggest online precious metals dealers have gone bankrupt and their owners put in prison due to theft and fraud. Having previously purchased precious metals, can you be sure you purchased the right product? Did you receive proper advice? 
but were you stung by one of these companies? Miles Franklin has been in business for 29 years without receiving any material customer or regulatory complaints ever. Maintaining an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating and residing in Minnesota, the only state in America that regulates the precious metals industry, making doing business in precious metals with Miles Franklin the safest choice, bar none. Call us at 866-485-4346 and let us review your portfolio at no commitment whatsoever. Again, that's 866-485-4346. Get the peace of mind you deserve in working with a precious metals company with a reputation like Miles Franklin. Again, that's 866-485-4346. Miles Franklin Precious Metals, the name you can trust. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. Are you retired or facing retirement and you're afraid your income is going to be less than you'd like? I'm Pharmacist Keith. Dr. Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy, and I want to show you a low-cost way to create your own business, working around your current schedule, creating extra income that will last for years to come by joining Dr. Wallach's crusade, spreading his message of better health. To learn more, visit radio.recordedvideo.com. That's radio.recordedvideo.com, radio.recordedvideo.com, or call 866-257-3105 for a recorded message. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. If you want a version of the Tech Night Owl Live without the network ads, we offer it. Just go to plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com for the particulars. We have Kirk McElhern rejoining us after setting up a lot of his own stuff. He's got a new podcast that he just recently started. He'll tell you about it later. I think it's going to be something great you'll want to listen to here. And as Kirk will tell us, sure, there is an audience for an iMac Pro and a Mac Pro. These are professionals who benefit in their workflow from what those things do, and therefore possibly are in a business that can afford to pay extra money because they get better productivity. I mean, if you're doing movie special effects or something, anything 
that requires long- rendering. Even if you're doing a lot of photo editing where you're sure. doing um, batch processing of photos, if you save an hour a day, um, that $5,000 computer is paid back pretty quickly. Oh, of course it is. As I said, anything that will benefit your workflow. If you're doing that kind of work, that spending a few thousand dollars extra for a computer will be chump change. That at yep. the end of the year, you'll come out ahead. You won't be sitting there waiting for things to happen. You could put more work in. Of course, the employer would love that. You know, if you're working 40 hours a week and spending 10 hours waiting for rendering, and that's reduced to five hours, they get five hours more work from you for yep. probably the same salary. So I do think Apple's going to do it. It's not going to be like a humongous seller. I mean, iMac Pro, are they selling 50,000 units a quarter? Well, they're not saying, but these computers are never humongous sellers, but they're, they're like the concept car um, in the auto industry. It's the kind of thing they have to have to show that they're innovating. No, I fully understand that. This is their flagship. This is their $500,000 car. Yep. Well, 500000 It's more like a $100,000 car. If you compare the iMac Pro to the standard iMac, what is it? About two thousand dollars, twenty five hundred for the standard iMac, five thousand or more for the iMac Pro. So it's like going from you know a Toyota to a Mercedes. Oh yeah, no, I understand that. And as we learn with a lot of these cars, quite often the cheap car and the expensive car are not as dissimilar as you think. It's a matter of putting twenty thousand dollars worth of fancy stuff on it. Right. But short of the fancy stuff. They're not really that different. I mean, the low-end Lexus and the high-end Toyota are often built off the same platforms. The platform that covers the VW Atlas, which is an American SUV, and the new Jetta also powers a couple of Audi models. Same platform. And the platform of the iMac is the same as the iMac Pro. The, the body's the same. A, a lot of the innards are the same. The display is the same. It's basically the processor, the RAM, uh, the amount of storage that changes. I mean, the, the biggest difference is the processor, but the innards are relatively similar. So it's based on the same design. It's kind of, it's the same idea if you think about it. And it's just as hard to open it. You have to undo <laughs> the adhesive. If you want to change the RAM, though, on the iMac Pro, you got to take the top off, the display off. It's not like the 27-inch iMac, which has a very convenient bottom cover. I suppose that's because of the cooling systems and everything that dictated the placement of the RAM. Yeah. As a result of which it's not on the bottom. It doesn't mean they couldn't put a cover like one third of the way through or something like that. I think if they wanted to make it more convenient for the class of customers who are more likely to upgrade memory, they would do that. Or maybe they were rushing the darn thing out to meet a deadline. I have no idea. I know they obviously had to work pretty carefully on a new cooling system to handle 18 core Xeon W's and 128 gigabytes of ECC RAM. I know they had to do a lot of things, and maybe that was one of the trade-offs. So they expected then for you to buy the computer you want and not ever change it. If you want to do that, wait for the Mac Pro. But yep. I have no idea. In any case, we're looking forward to that, looking forward to the hardware announcements. Disappointed that Mojave is going to be a desert for... People with older Macs. But, you know, I have a 2010 computer, eight years old. I should not be surprised at the operating system. This fall will not run on it. 
By the way, we've talked about this before. The Apple file system APFS last year was supposed to run on the Fusion Drive with a future update. It yeah, they did, still haven't released that update yet, have they? It will be in Mojave. Okay. Promised. Craig Federici used his own mouth to say that. So when the first public beta comes out, or the second, depending on how the condition, I'll finally be able to update the drive. Of course, I have two backups. I have two backups in my office for my iMac and one up in the cloud. So I figure no matter what happens, if I allow a full day to do it, I can just restore the darn thing. In any case, what was your overall impression of the new updates, all the software for... Well, I've kind of gotten tired of these big updates every year. And, you know, we saw this in the past from between um, Leopard and Snow Leopard. It went from a big feature update to a, let's be polite, call it a bug fixing update. Um, Lion to Mountain Lion, Sierra to High Sierra. What's interesting is that High Sierra was not a big update and Mojave is not a big update. We've reached the point where there's not going to be a lot to update. And and I've said this many times on the show before. The iPhone has most of the features that it's going to have. The Mac has most of the features it's going to have. We've gotten to a point where, you know, speed isn't that important. And there aren't too many features you can add. A lot of people have been critical of the way that you can port iOS apps. I think it's pretty nifty, actually. Uh, the four apps that they've started with aren't really indicative of what this may lead to. Apple News, Stocks, Home, and Voice Memos, and particularly Voice Memos, seems to be one of the least interesting apps. But what they show is the ability to create a single window app that can have a limited functionality. And I kind of like that. Some people have been critical of the fact that there's a single window, but of course that window can have tabs. Um, I think this could usher in some interesting tools that don't have the complexity of normal Mac apps and offer access to things in a more focused manner. You know, I I still use Dashboard. I have two Dashboard widgets. One of them is the Stocks widget and the other is the Unit Converter. And I basically use them both to keep an eye on exchange rates because most of my clients are not in the UK where I live. So these single window iOS ported apps will be kind of like dashboard widgets. They'll be a lot more sophisticated. They'll be able to do more things. Um, But I don't agree with the criticism that I've I've heard from some people, including friends, that, oh, it's just one window. It can't be any good. Well, this is not unusual for Apple. They used to have desk accessories years ago. That goes way back. It goes back to the 70s and everything. But to me, the iOS apps being ported to the Mac are desk accessories. Well, they they can do a lot more. Uh, I mean, the news app is basically an RSS reader. Um, And it it uses WebKit to display web pages. Um, It's more than just a desk accessory. But the fact that it's focused, I mean, the home app is a good example. That's closer to a desk accessory. Um, You have a few tabs. You have a few buttons to turn things on and off, the same as you do on an iOS device. Um, It's... It's a tool more than anything else. Um, but some of these apps will be apps that are interesting. And, you know, when you think of the number of uh, iOS apps that exist, and a lot of developers might want to start porting their apps, uh, I think we might see some interesting possibilities. Well, I think that's what Apple plans. Of course, you won't be able to do that 
until next year. They're only saying they're bringing it over from iOS, but then the tools to do that in Xcode will come next year. There will not be a merging of the OS. There will not be a touchscreen-based Mac. No, and that's a good thing. They, they have to work with the keyboard and the mouse or trackpad. Um, the the touchscreen is definitely a problem. We have but- more to come. We have more to come with Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. For listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream, a dream that turns out to be a nightmare because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. This is Dan Pillett. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpillett.com. Get the ultimate knife at an ultimate price. The Fox Karambit Knife. Finally available in the U.S. The Fox Karambit Knife opens with one hand. Faster than you can pull a handgun. For utility, for defense, and for way less than other knives of this caliber. Go to TheUltimateKnife.com. Truly the best knife you will ever own. And only available at TheUltimateKnife.com. Use promo code RADIO at checkout for free shipping. Get the ultimate knife at the ultimate price. At TheUltimateKnife.com. It's been said, any society is only three missed meals away from chaos. Those times may be near. Think about it. Our country faces multiple terrorist threats and aggressions from Russia and North Korea. Social unrest and violent marches yet again may lead to looting of stores and city shutdowns. And our crumbling infrastructure leaves our power grid vulnerable to long-term outages from a single cyber attack. When the chaos from any one of these threats arises, the government knows it can't provide during a widespread national emergency. That's why you need your own plan for self-reliance. That's where My Patriot Supply comes in. 
Get a four-week survival food supply for only $99. That includes breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Order online at preparewithgcn.com. $99 for four weeks of survival food that tastes like homemade cooking and lasts up to 25 years from My Patriot Supply. Get your kits today at preparewithgcn.com. Free shipping is included. Preparewithgcn.com. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. know what's going to happen next well here's the tech night owl live with gene steinberg Now, people say, oh, look, Apple's just giving a silly excuse for not having a touch screen. It's something they could do. It's no big deal. But Craig Federighi said one thing, which is the same thing. You know, it's the natural function is to put your fingers down on the keyboard. As soon as you have to raise your hand to the screen, especially these larger screens, it's ergonomically uncomfortable. And it is. I'm, I have my hand right up now. My hands are not as young as they used to be in the middle of my 27-inch iMac, pointing to the center. If I had to do that all day, my wrists would be killing me. Yeah, you know, you've probably had RSI, repetitive stress in- injury, for your hands or your wrist at some point. Most of us have. It's pretty painful. But imagine what it would be like if you get the same thing with your shoulders because you're raising your hand 100, 200 times a day to tap on something. Uh, that's not good. That wouldn't be good. And Apple is concerned about that. In Windows land, they're concerned with, can we sell it? If people will buy it, then it doesn't matter if it's secure. It doesn't matter if it respects your privacy. It doesn't matter if it's comfortable. This way, we can always set up contracts with doctors and hospitals and have you treated. Well, I think that Windows approach is more a question of trying to basically just see what works. It's saying, for example, that people may or may not want to use this, and we don't know if they want to use it, and we won't be able to know until um, we've started selling it to find out. And and I don't fault the Windows people for that. Um, you know, Microsoft's Studio Pro, what was that one that leans down? I think that's a beautiful invention. No one in Apple would have come up with that. And, you know, technically it's not a touchscreen, except when it's tilted down. Um, I think that's a wonderful idea. It's incredibly creative. Very creative. But I think Apple is definitely doing some interesting things. One thing I don't like is the dark mode. I think that's a gimmick that's really unhelpful. Um, One of the problems with dark mode is that there there are tons of studies on readability. And this goes back, you know, for books and, and the rest. You read white text on black much less efficiently than black text on white or even say black text on a white gray. It's particularly hard for people with astigmatism, which apparently 50% of people have astigmatism. Dark mode is great if you're editing photos, and that's why most photo editing apps, including Apple's Photos app, 
um, when you're in edit mode, they have a dark background because you don't want the, the bright light distracting you from what you're looking at in your photo. But I can't see reading email like that or even using the finder. I, I kind of regret that it is an all or nothing setting, that maybe there are apps where it would be useful. And if you could set it in the app as opposed to the overall operating system, that could be a good way to use it in areas where it's efficient. But, you know, it's, it's a young person's game, that kind of thing. Young people who have better eyesight are going to choose this because they're able to read it. But it's not really helpful for most people. Well, there was a published report here that Apple would dial back expected features for iOS 12, Mojave, and focus on performance issues. It looks like it's half and half. Well, they have to have some features. They have to have some marquee features because they need to have the flashy screenshot. But there aren't many. If you look, there's maybe a half a dozen features, and, and some of them go across the two operating systems, the Safari privacy thing. Again, it's not like the days when they would tout 100 new features in this operating system. And there are an awful lot more features than what they presented. There were these little features that were under the hood or that they just didn't mention. I mean, there's quite a few. Um, but they're not selling the operating... Well, first of all, they're not selling the operating systems. They're free. But they're not trying to market them based on a vast number of features. I think they've they've realized that people don't pay attention to that. They only can remember a half a dozen features anyway. So pick the best ones, show them off visually, and there's certainly going to be others. They don't have to talk about all of them. Well, that's always true. They always have 10-pole features. Now, with High Sierra, I don't think it had much of any improvement. I'm not into dark mode, but, you know, that's fine. I think there are little tricks to smooth up your desktop. Couldn't come at a better time. Yes, it could. It could have been done 15, 20 years ago. Some way to organize your desktop. Because uh, everybody I know throws a lot of junk on there and it's barely organized. Not everybody. I don't even use the desktop. Well, you I, see, but you're a rarity, my friend. I know I am. Um, but this goes back to years ago when it was such a mess having files on the desktop because you can't organize them very easily. It's either by name, and that changes every time you add a file, and, and you can only have them by icon. So I, I put files in folders, and the desktop for me is empty. Um, there have been third-party apps that could do the same sort of organization, but I don't think they work dynamically. I think you'd have to launch the app to do the sorting, and, and I don't remember which apps did this, but they would sort them into folders on the desktop. So I think that's a great idea for people who are desktop messy. Um, but it's not something that I'll use. I, I I never usually see the desktop. Right now, I'm looking at my iMac, and my main, I use Spaces. So I have a, about half a dozen Spaces. My main space is Safari and Mail, and the desktop isn't visible. If I switch to a space with iTunes, it takes up the full screen. I use Evernote to organize information. It takes up most of the screen, and I see a tiny bit of desktop. It's like I don't care what the desktop image is. For me, I just use a a solid blue color because it's the least disturbing. I don't care about this image. It's going to change um, dynamically according to the time of day. That's fluff, my friend. Well, that's the fluff that they're going to have in the Apple store when you come in and you just see it and it looks cool. And, you know, it doesn't really help you. But now, if you do see the desktop um, during the day, it, it would help you to, excuse me, it would help you to have a darker picture as the sun goes down, um, not so much now in summer, 
But as you get to winter at the end of the day, you don't want a bright picture on your computer screen if it's dark around you or if it's getting dark around you. Um, so there is a certain amount of logic, but they already built in, um, what's it called? The, I'm going to displays preference, night shift. They already built in night shift. They already built in night shift to turn, to, to change the color tone of the display. It doesn't change the brightness of the display, but it changes the spectrum of the color tone. Sounds to and, me like dark mode is just night shift on steroids. Well, dark mode makes everything dark, but it's the desktop I mean. picture, um, which is um, which is dynamic. I, I I know a developer who looked at it, and it, the des the dynamic desktop picture is made up of sixteen HEIF files that sort of fade one into the other, um, and he thinks that it'll be possible to make a utility to create your own dynamic desktop pictures, which of course, um, you know, wouldn't surprise me, but you need to get 16 pictures with the different light. And, you know, the way Apple did it, it's not just the, the amount of light, it's the shading as well. Um, so it wouldn't be easy to do that. You'd probably have to go out. I think Apple's desktop image with the sand dune is, is a 3D render. I don't think it's photo. You'd have to go out and spend a day taking photos from dawn until dusk um, to be able to get the photos with the change in luminosity and the change in shadow of what you're doing. And I'm sure that there are people who will do this, and I'm sure Apple's going to maybe include some other dynamic desktop pictures. But it's a lot of work. It's not just pasting together 16 images to be able to do that. Now, I'm just covering one more thing here. In iOS 12, you have kind of an automator-like functionality with Siri. Right. And I'm thinking here, it's Apple Script. And we, I remember when Sal Segoian, the AppleScript evangelist from Apple, left the company and everybody was saying AppleScript is gone. AppleScript is gone. And now what's going on? They're adding that capability to iOS 12 using Siri. And obviously they're starting to put more work into Siri to make it do things that you can't possibly do with Alexa and with Google's assistant. Well, it's not Apple Script. It's closer to Automator. And what it, what Apple did is they bought a an iOS app called Workflow, um, which was a sort of Automator for iOS, and that's what they've turned into this shortcut thing. Um, interestingly, Sal Segoyan is working for Omni now, the company that makes Omni Focus, um, and he's doing a lot of automation for them. Um, I, I think Apple bought this Workflow app because it was getting a lot of attention among the geek crowd. It wasn't it's not an average user thing. And when you look at the, the demo and when you look on the Apple site to see what you need to do to set up a routine, it looks a bit complicated for most people. Um, I, I'm not convinced this is going to get a lot of use, but we'll have to see. I can't see personally using it too much, but again, I work at home like you. Um, I, I don't have to set up something so that when I leave from home, when I leave from work to go home, the thermostat changes and my lights go on at a certain time. And all that. I don't need that kind of thing. In uh, fact, so I don't need it even if I didn't work at home. we got more to come with Kirk McElhern on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. 
A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists, get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. This is Fred. Uh, hi, I'm Fred. Fred's a repeater. I tend to repeat. Fred has a business. I do have a business. And a problem. Fred repeats the same tired advertising over and over, and now it doesn't work. Over and over. But Fred is about to see a vision. I'm seeing a vision. Advertising on the Genesis Communications Network is the smart way for Fred to reach his potential customers with the most affordable national advertising rates, period. Get started today with GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. Just email advertise at GCNlive.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. The point you raised here is about HomeKit kind of stuff, where you set, you automate different functions. Do you really need the air conditioner to go down a couple of degrees? When you get home, because you're saving electricity. When I get yes. home, I'll turn it down. I mean, yeah, but- sometimes you wonder, what are you seeding by Internet of Things? Now, Apple, of course, I have confidence in the things they do for privacy. I don't have confidence in almost any other company, though. Yeah, the, the whole thing about raising and lowering the thermostat isn't very helpful over the long term. If you lower the thermostat for a while, you have to raise it to get back. You know, there's a question of, of, of inertia um, of, of heat and you lower the thermostat, well, the cold is going to come into your house a little bit more. So you need to raise it more to compensate for the cold and you have to catch up to get your walls back to the temperature they were. It's, I talked to a heating guy some years ago. Um, I lived in a house that had underfloor heating and I was asking him, well, you turn this down at night and he said a little bit, but the inertia of the heat in the concrete takes so long for the concrete to cool off that you can't heat it up again just an hour before you get up. You need to heat it up three hours before. And he said, in, in essence, you really don't want to turn it down. It doesn't save you very much. I think that's a gadget. Turning the air conditioning on and off. Well, if you turn it off, you're going to have to turn it on for longer when you get home to cool off the house. And it's not just the air in the house. It's the walls, the floors, the the, the furniture and all that. So I don't find that useful. Now, I actually, I have two Philips Hue lights in my office. I do this because... I've got them in two opposite corners of my office, 
And one of the corners is behind my desk, and I really can't reach the lamp to turn it on. So the two are connected, and the, I have three settings, uh, dim, medium, and bright. And depending on the time of day and what I need, I can turn on one or both. I find it really useful. But I'm you were talking about privacy and all this in companies. I'm not too sure I want to have to worry about my light bulbs hacking my refrigerator at some point in the future. I'm not going to get smart locks. Why am I going to spend 200 bucks for a smart lock when I've got a $50 lock that works very well with a key? I don't see a lot of advantage to it. Going back, of course, to the air conditioner, this is something that's interesting. My sister-in-law is really on a restricted budget. She's a widow on a fixed income, Social Security, plus a disability for her handicapped son. And what she does is she runs the air conditioner for a small time, then turns it off. And she doesn't realize, as you say, that the air conditioner runs most efficiently when kept within a narrow range, because every time that compressor goes on, it's using lots of juice. And if you reduce the amount of time the compressor is on, which is a set temperature, where it will go off and on at normal intervals without having that rush to get the cold air in that room, which can take several hours, especially in the Arizona desert, where... The temperature is 120 degrees in the shade. And you let this thing go up to like 90 degrees or something because you want to save an electricity. And then you turn on the air conditioner to get the temperature down. It's going to take three, four hours to get down yeah. to even the upper 70s. You're using more power that way than just averaging it out. Yeah, it's better to run it at a lower setting and leave it on all the time than to go up and down and up and down. As you say, it's, it's less efficient. And also... This is just a guess, but I think that running something on high makes it last less long than running it on low or medium. So if you're just running it on high and turning it off and running it on high, it may not have as much of a, a lifespan. Especially if you're trying to keep the electric bill low. And there is one electric company here in Arizona called SRP, and they have a feature called M-Power. And the way M-Power works is and you save money on your total bill each month, by the way, to do it this way. Instead of postpaid, it's prepaid, like the, getting some of these track phones or something, where you buy $100 worth of electricity on a smart card, and it beeps at you once it gets below $10. So you recharge it. Obviously, if you run out of the charge, then your electricity goes off. But there, if you're short that day, put $5 in. Depending on the time of season, it may only run a few hours, but... Put $5 in. Keep it going. The next day, put $15 in. And because they don't have to bill you, they could save you money. I don't know what it is. Someone said 10 or 20%. So there's a way of delivering electricity. But if you're using up excessive amounts in short times, suddenly your power is going to go off when you run out of it. Then you're going to run to the store or run to the kiosk at a supermarket somewhere and recharge your smart card. Yeah, that's an odd system. They do that here, but only for people who have had their electricity cut off. So after that happens, they have to get a special meter and they can only use electricity with a smart card because they're not trusted to be billed. Uh, that seems to me like not an ideal way to do something like that. Well, here, I don't know, I guess it works here because you have different income brackets and probably the time they spend collecting money from people with financial problems, which is a lot of people. Yeah. 
then I could see where it's a better deal for everybody. This way, you're not stuck with a $200 bill to get the electricity going again. You can put five, ten dollars in. Yeah. And for those in a lower income bracket, they'll give you a monthly rebate because they don't have to pay for billing. So that makes sense. And then I saw this report from CNN Money saying that half the people in America, land of the free and home of the brave, half the people in America can barely meet their basic costs of fuel, food, transportation, rent, insurance, etc. Yep. They can't do it even with multiple jobs. 40% of the individuals in this country cannot sustain a $400 emergency expense without selling something or borrowing. Yeah. So I understand that kind of thing. Let's get to more pleasant things here, okay? Not enough. Anything about the Apple announcements where you think, why are they doing this? Not really. Nothing really stood out as being you know, a WTF announcement, uh, maybe the watch walkie talkie thing. Um, that's a little bit, you know, it's the Dick Tracy watch we always wanted since we were kids. Uh, but I think it's not a bad idea. You know, if two people are in a house on the same Wi-Fi network, um, it's easy to talk. I think kids are going to really like it or parents calling their kids when they're in the house or, you know, near the house. Um, but no, there's nothing that really shocked me. Well, I think the emojis are stupid, but I'm just too old for that. Um, I think that, anybody I, I know is too old for that. Well, yeah. Well, unless we have, you know, people in the family who are young, um, then we we don't know anyone. But no, I, I think everything was relatively. There wasn't a lot of surprise. There weren't any leaks at all, as far as I know. Um, and there's nothing that really stood out as being either extraordinarily good or dumb. I think they spent a lot of time on augmented reality for something. And this was a developer conference, and that's why they want developers to, to start working on this. I think we're years away from um, augmented reality being something we use regularly. Um, but no, I thought it was. I thought it was good. I thought it was well done. Um, there's really nothing ridiculous. I would have liked to see some more hardware. There was only one hardware um, item announced, um, but it's it, it it was it was rational the way things were fitting together, the way they weren't going too overboard. Um, I thought it was well done. Also, some of the features, the privacy, the improved performance on iOS 12, the optimizations for animation, all this other stuff, led one to conclude that Apple is paying a lot of respect to its customers. Yeah, and and there's a feature for the Apple Watch um, where workouts will start automatically. And people have been asking for this for years because the Fitbit can do this. I mean, it, it detects that you're moving faster. And it says, well, hey, this must be a workout. And that way, if you do care about tracking your workouts, you'll be able to um not be upset that you forgot you know you're training for a marathon or something you want to track all this stuff and you forgot to turn on the workout and you've run 20 miles um this way it'll be done automatically and that's just a, a sort of ease of use thing that isn't too complicated when you think about it again if the fitbit can do it and even the fitbit one which is the clip on fitbit can do it um it's not that hard for the apple watch we got more to come one more segment with kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live.
Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. I tried other brands, but I came back to my sunshine. For the best hot or cold pain relief, get the best. Get a Sunny Bay heating pad. Sometimes life can be a pain in the neck or back or shoulder. And the best relief for that pain is a Sunny Bay heating pad. Did you know that the American College of Physicians said that one of the best ways to treat muscle pain is heat therapy? Sunny Bay heating pads are handmade with high quality, can be used at home or at work, and have a lifetime 100% positive rating on both Amazon and Etsy. Why take another pill? Many people use our Sunny Bay heating pads alone and got rid of the neck pain. Long distance travel or long hours in front of a computer can take its toll on your body. Our homegrown small business tries to help people just like us. That's why we design and test our handmade products with great care before we introduce them to the public. You can easily find Sunny Bay heating pads on Amazon. Just go to Amazon.com and search for Sunny Bay heating pads. This is Dan Pillett. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. You haven't experienced yogurt until you've tried a Mossy, embodying health and flavor in a true whole milk, green-fed dairy beverage. Every sip pays homage to our old-world cows and the ancient culturing methods their milk benefits from. With over 30 probiotics, a Mossy's undeniably nutritious, refined, cultured sensation bolsters your health and awakens your passion for dairy. A Mossy's so good, and you need to try it. Contact your Longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. Are you one of the 70% of Americans that want to own your own business, afraid to leave the security of your current job to pursue your dreams? I'm Pharmacist Keith. Dr. Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy, and myself want to show you a low-cost way to create your own business, working around your current job schedule, creating an extra income for you and your family by joining his crusade, spreading his message of better health. To learn more, visit radio.recordedvideo.com, radio.recordedvideo.com. That's radio.recordedvideo.com. This is Fred. Uh, hi, I'm Fred. Fred's a repeater. I tend to repeat. Fred has a business. I do have a business. And a problem. Fred repeats the same tired advertising over and over, and now it doesn't work. Over and over. But Fred is about to see a vision. I'm seeing a vision. Advertising on the Genesis Communications Network is the smart way for Fred to reach his potential customers with the most affordable national advertising rates, period. Get started today with GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. Just email advertise at GCNlive.com. 
We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. I think we've reached a point here where adding all these features to the Apple Watch and still selling a cheaper model, you know, the previous year's model or before that. Apple, of course, is already selling more units than Fitbit, which starts, what, $75 or something? Well, Fitbit One is an exception. It is under $100. I don't know what the current price is, but the, the Fitbit Watch is a couple hundred. I mean, it's still cheaper than the Apple Watch. Well, I mean, there's still an audience for a Fitbit. There is, because there are a lot of people who don't want all the stuff the Apple Watch does. They just want something to record activity. My son still uses a Nike uh, watch with GPS so he can track his running. Um, he doesn't want an Apple Watch, and he's really an Apple fanboy. I sent him an Apple Watch. When I bought the Series 3, I sent him the Apple Watch Series 2, and he only used it a few times. He doesn't really like it. I understand that. I might get an Apple Watch someday, but I have this $12.88 walmart watch and it gains a few seconds every month i have to adjust it the calendar is dumb it doesn't know months that are less than 31 days but 12 dollars 88 it's a three-year-old watch i have to replace the battery every year for less than six dollars at walmart and they do it for you it's not like the jewelry store charges 15 dollars. so at this point for what i need a watch which is to tell the time i'm happy i have my iphone Someday, if someone buys me an Apple Watch, I would not refuse it. I would certainly be happy to try one. I just haven't seen the need yet. Yeah, it's not for everyone. You know, this is the kind of thing that, for me, I bought it because I write about it. And, and we've talked in the past over the years that I used it for a while, and then I stopped using it, and then I used it again. The thing that got me hooked this time was the ability to automatically unlock my Mac. And... I work at home and I get up and make tea. I get up and go to the bathroom. I get up and I eat lunch and I do all these things and I come back and it's just annoying to keep typing a password. And frankly, that was the one thing that pushed me over the edge. I mean, the other feature I just, I, I like the most is notifications. I get a tap when there's a message or, or it rings when there's a phone call, but the ability to unlock my Mac is what made it really practical. You have a new podcast. Can you tell us about it? I do have a new podcast. Um, together with, uh, Jeff Carlson, who's a fellow Take Control author, um, we have launched a podcast called Photoactive. This is a podcast about photography in the Apple ecosystem. Um, we realized that this is a niche that's really not covered and that there are, well, a half a billion people who take pictures with iPhones and all sorts of photo enthusiasts who have, you know, more expensive cameras and who use Apple products, who use the Mac to uh, edit photos and manage a photo library. Um, or who use an iPhone and a camera. And we thought it would be a good idea to launch a podcast to talk about how you work with photography and Apple products. Um, we launched it last uh, Friday. Um, this sh at the time of this, at the time of broadcast of this show, we'll have two episodes out. It's proving far more popular than we had expected. Um, and we're looking forward to sharing our knowledge about Apple products and photography with other people and also getting feedback from them in a Facebook group that we've set up 
so we can exchange photos and tips and things like that with people. Look forward to its continued success. What particular issues are you ranting about on the show? We're not ranting. We're discussing... The, the first episode was essentially an introduction to, to introduce Jeff and myself and to say what we're going to talk about. Um, the second episode, we talked about managing a photo library. Do you want to use Apple Photos and iCloud Photo Library? Do you want to use Lightroom? Do you want to use Google Photos? Uh, do you want to use something like Dropbox? And this is an issue for a lot of people depending on how many photos they have in their library, what their bandwidth is, if they're putting them in the cloud. Uh, so each episode, we're going to talk about one specific element of photography. Um, in the third episode, we're going to talk about converting color photos to black and white, because there are a number of different ways you can do this. And we're going to just cover all of the options that are available um, on a Mac using Apple software and third-party software um, with an iPhone, an iPad, and, and all of that. You know, Apple is a great platform for photography. The The camera on the new iPhone, the last couple of iPhones, is really quite interesting, you know, with portrait mode and live photos. And the, the ability to work with photos on a Mac, um, there's, there's a lot more flexibility than there is on Windows. And, and it's an area where there is a very wide range of software, both, again, for the Mac and, and for iOS. Now, when we talk about photos and stuff, there is kind of a ticking time bomb here for people with the older versions of Adobe's apps. So, for example, I have Photoshop 5.5. Wow, that's old. That's old. It's the next to last version before they went cloud. Yeah. And it works fine, except that it uses, requires, and this surprises me for a Mac app that appears to be 64-bit, to launch the app, I have to use an older version of Java. I think Java 6. There will be no support for Java 6 in Mojave. Yeah. So what will that mean? Probably at that point, I will either have to find an old version of what? Photoshop 6, if it's still available and runs, or subscribe to Photoshop, pretend to be a student or something. I don't know. Or get Photoshop Elements. You probably don't use enough of the features in Photoshop itself. Um, Photoshop Elements could do what you need. It's relatively inexpensive. Might do that. Might do that. I'm not a Photoshop fan. Um, I I find that for what I do, uh, Apple Photos is good for 90% of my editing. I do use a couple of other apps, Affinity Photo, um, Luminar, and, and some other specific things. But it's mostly Apple Photos because I don't like to spend a lot of time editing photos and tweaking things like that. I'm more interested in taking pictures um, as pictures rather than spending my time on a computer um, playing with the pictures. But I understand people who do want to do that. Um, and, you know, that, that's fine. There are all sorts of, of tools that let you do that. Well, I will try Elements. That might be a good idea. They do have a sample version of Elements to try, right? I'm pretty sure they do, yeah. Uh, I'll try the trial, and that might be a good solution because I don't use Photoshop for much either. And a lot of times it's just creating the web graphics for well, our in that YouTube case, channel. In that case, you don't even need those. Um, use Acorn. Uh, Acorn is the, the app that I've been using for screenshots and, and web graphics and things like that for ages. Um, well, what I'm it is sure. here is that the source file is a multi-layered Photoshop file. Yeah, but Acorn well, can read it. It can read it. Can I, yeah, can I can. edit it in there? Can I edit the layers? You can. Yeah, you can work with layers in Acorn. And what you can about save in, in PSD format as well. 
What about Elements? Um, Elements can do all that, too. Kirk McElhern, please tell our listeners where we can find more of your stuff. You can find me at my website, Kirkville. That's www.kirkville.com. And you can check out my new podcast. It's called Photoactive. It is at photoactive.co. That's photoactive.co because we couldn't afford the M. Those M's are expensive, humongously expensive. It was 7500 bucks for the .com and it was 25 for the .co. So. I hear you. Kirk McElhern, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thanks for having me again, Gene. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Bacon lovers, we ship free. Try our amazing bacon. No refrigeration required. Proprietary value-added packaging provides 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve savory and delicious wholesale price for your everyday use order today at readytoeatbacon.com readytoeatbacon.com water is the single most important thing your body needs so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family since 2005 thousands have depended on berkey purified water the berkey guy provides the lowest price filtration systems in every size for incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency Get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653, 877-886-3653, GoBerkey.com. This is a warning to all household pests, to all cockroaches, spiders, ants, mice, and rats. If you've made yourself at home in someone else's home, you'd better hope the owners never hear about Terminix. Because Terminix has the know-how and the means to do whatever it takes to remove you from that home. Terminix has 90 years of experience eliminating home invaders. And they make it easy for homeowners to be protected by offering a free pest estimate by calling 1-800-676-9879. Cockroaches, spiders, ants, mice, rats, and other pests. This is your last chance with one call, Terminix will remove you from the home you've invaded. If you think you can simply come back later, think again. Terminix will never stop working to keep you out with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Pests. Wherever you are, I will find you. Pests. You've been warned. Homeowners are calling Terminix right now for a free pest estimate. 1-800-676-9879. 1-800-676-9879. 30-day money-back guarantee at participating locations. Limitations apply. See plan for details. Hello, this is Dr. Bill Deagle, MD of Nutramedical.com, announcing the breakthrough Red Deer Velvet DR. It delivers the protected building blocks of all organs and tissues, allowing your own stem cells as architects and engineers to regenerate you. Not since fetal life, when aging does not occur, has such an amazing Nutramed been available to help heal you and regenerate you. Anti-aging requires that you correct mineral, activate nutraceutical, and jump the gene defects and poor diet you have to deliver the cellular tools for regeneration. You must remove old damaged cells and replace them with your young healthy cells to wind the biological clock to a younger you. Order your Red Deer Velvet DR now at Nutramedical.com 24-7 or 888-212-8871. That's Nutramedical, N-U-T-R-I, medical, M-E-D-I-C-A-L.com. Or call our order line, 888-212-8871. 
everyone. Proactive MD has an incredible offer for our radio listeners only. Stay tuned for our exclusive offer that includes a free charcoal pore cleansing brush and free shipping. Proactive MD with prescription strength adapalene can heal and prevent future breakouts. Today, for just $19.95, we're offering listeners the three-piece Proactive MD system with free shipping plus a free gift, the new charcoal pore cleansing brush. Get this exclusive offer by calling now. 1-800-583-8662 or go to Proactive.com and enter promo code RADIO. You heard right. Proactive MD plus free shipping and a free gift. The new charcoal pore cleansing brush. You'll get all this for just $19.95 and their 60-day money-back guarantee. You're guaranteed to get clear and stay clear or you get your money back. Call now. 1-800-583-8662. That's 1-800-583-8662. Or go to Proactive.com and enter promo code RADIO. Again, go to Proactive.com and enter promo code RADIO. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. So ahead of the Worldwide Developers Conference keynote, there were rumors Apple might introduce new hardware, then other rumors that they weren't. Now, obviously, now we all know they didn't. Are you at all disappointed that Apple didn't produce new Macs and such? I, I'm not disappointed because I wasn't expecting it to happen. People every year get in this mode where they think Apple is going to revamp their entire product line at Worldwide Developer Conference, forgetting that the keynote is about developers. And yes, that public keynote is also geared towards showing off new features to the public, but it's a developer's conference. So the the years that we have gotten new hardware, to me, feel more like the anomaly years. And last year, I felt Apple packed in a bunch of hardware because they kind of needed to, uh, just, you know, just so that they'd have some big flashy announcements. But Unless the hardware is direct related to developers, it doesn't make sense to show it off at, at WWDC, which is why showing off the HomePod was so weird because last year it had no uh, bearing on developers last year at all. Well, Siri is going to have a bearing on developers this year more so than previous years, Jeff Gamut. They even mm-hmm. have these automator actions at a time we thought Apple was abandoning Apple scripting. Yeah, the, the whole thing with shortcuts is, is actually really cool, and I'm really excited about it. Uh, so what Apple did was like a year ago, I believe, they, they bought Workflow, which was this app that lets you do scripting on the iPhone and the iPad. And so people were afraid that it would just kind of disappear, but that's not the case because that seems to be the foundation of shortcuts. So developers can tie into this whole shortcuts thing with their own apps. And now you can have Siri controlling things that it wouldn't otherwise be able to do. And you can mix stuff together, which I think is great. Well, the example they showed during the keynote was saying, uh, hey, yes, lady, I'm going home. And so it would 
do some home kit stuff so so that your the home is ready when you get there it sends off a text message to let someone else know that that you're heading out and on your way home and then it starts the right music playlist for for your trip home and you know just mixed all these things together so this looks really cool and i i think it's going to make siri substantially more useful for a lot more people now, Apple never buys a company unless there's something going on. They're not going to buy an app unless they had a purpose. And obviously, we see what the purpose was. I mean, Siri was a product that Apple acquired years ago. Mm-hmm. So we know that they don't spend that money willy-nilly. They're not just going to buy some big company and say, this will cause synergies and then fire half the people. Just look at T-Mobile and Sprint. Do you really believe that all the employees at these two companies combined will still be there a year or two from now if that merger goes through? Really? No, of course not. But uh, it seems Apple, they knew exactly what they're going for when they bought Workflow. They wanted the people and they wanted the product. Of course, automator actions on the Mac are not difficult, but only a small number of people use it. I wonder what Sal Segoian the ex-Apple scripting guy from Apple, now somewhere else, thinks about iOS 12 and what it's going to bring. I haven't had a chance to talk with Sal and ask him. My guess is that overall he's pleased because the whole thing with scripting on the Mac and now on iOS and then him not being part of the company anymore, he still has a really serious love for scripting in general and especially on the Mac. So my guess is he's looking at what Apple's doing with workflow and he's already figuring out cool ways that he can push it beyond what Apple imagined. Now, my response to what Apple's doing is take that Alexa. Yeah. You know, I've been saying for at least a year now that Apple needed to do something like a lady skills uh, for Siri. And that's exactly what they're doing, but they're doing it on a level that Amazon has not even approached. I mean, this, this whole thing with being able to add in some sort of integration with other products and services, but then being able to group stuff together in a way that that you can't do with the A-Lady platform. I mean, it's really cool, and I'm really excited about where this is headed. Well, certainly, Apple has capabilities and features that they can tie in to a lot of functions. But Mm -hmm. we also have to look at the complaints. Well, why isn't Siri getting any better? What about this? What about that? It takes time sometimes to get those features to work together. And Apple isn't always first with a lot of things. They were first with the digital assistant, but all these new improvements they've been working on ongoing for a while. So this may be the year Siri comes into its own. Could be. And Apple, they don't rush into things like this because they they want to make sure that they're doing it in a way that makes sense for everyone, but users and developers, but also in a way that respects our privacy. I'm not sure that other voice assistant platforms are uh, thinking about our privacy when they're making these features available. No one should be surprised over that. That's the Think about this situation that happened, what, a week or two back, where somebody's conversation was recorded by Alexa and then sent on to some third party. 
someone in their right. contact list. Right. Luckily, it wasn't an embarrassing conversation, and luckily, it was a friend that received the message. Uh, but still, that's kind of creepy. And Amazon says, well, this is some kind of rare glitch and we'll fix it. We don't know how rare it is. I'm assuming it's relatively rare because this is the first time we've heard about this happening. Meaning this is the first time someone has come out and said, holy crap, you're not going to believe what my Echo just did. And it's the sort of thing I would expect people to be shouting about all the time. I would think it may be somewhat occasional, but Amazon could always work with the person who complains and say, you know what, this is rare. You're the first one it ever happened to and talk them down. So we really don't know. I just think if it can happen in one case randomly, we have no idea what goes on. And it may go to somebody that we don't know, somebody who's not going to call up and say, why did I get this file? Yeah, it's it's creepy that it happened, especially because it really calls into question the privacy we're getting from Amazon and the Echo or any Echo compatible device. You know, how much of our personal information is being recorded without us knowing? Amazon says not much and that this was a situation where the right tones were heard in the right order to trick the echo into thinking that someone was requesting an action in this case to send a message to someone and you wonder once that trick is known how many people can sit back and exploit that trick neighbors let me ask you a question here how much would it be worth to you to get a version of the tech night out live that's free of the network ads no network ads and i know some of the reviews on itunes and on youtube for our paracast channel say why so many ads well the reason we have a lot of ads is because this is a commercial radio show broadcast on traditional terrestrial radio it's also available online and so we offer the same version But we also have something called Tech Night Owl Plus. And Tech Night Owl Plus is a special version of the show, free of the network ads. And we also give you better quality audio. All this costs a modest subscription fee, starting at just $1.49 a week. How about that? If you want to know more information about it, go to plus.technighthowl.com. That's plus.technighthowl.com. You'll get simple sign-up instructions for the Tech Night Owl Plus. So check it out. We have Jeff Gamut on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com.
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Want revenge on the common housefly? Well, after 10,000 years, someone has finally come up with a better way. The Bug Assault, a miniaturized shotgun, which utilizes ordinary table salt as ammunition. Non-toxic and no batteries required. So much fun, you'll forget you have a wife and kids. $39.95 and free economy shipping. Use discount code GCN and get an extra 10% off your purchase at BugAssault.com. Fire your fly swatter. Get your Bug Assault today. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists, get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. ProPure Gravity Water Filters. Most tested, most trusted. The Pro One G2.0 filter by ProPure fits most gravity systems and is so easy to set up and use. No priming required. Independent lab tested to NSF standards. Removes up to 200 plus contaminants with Pro One G2.0 full spectrum filter technology. ProPure Water Filters. When you don't know what's in your water, start enjoying great tasting water today. Visit an authorized ProPure dealer or ProPureUSA.com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented MyPillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. MyPillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. This is Fred. Uh, hi, I'm Fred. Fred's a repeater. I tend to repeat. Fred has a business. I do have a business. And a problem. Fred repeats the same tired advertising over and over, and now it doesn't work. Over and over. But Fred is about to see a vision. I'm seeing a vision. Advertising on the Genesis Communications Network is the smart way for Fred to reach his potential customers with the most affordable national advertising rates, period. Get started today with GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. Just email advertise at GCNlive.com. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. Now, I don't recall that Google's had a problem with the assistant. 
for this. I just think also with Alexis, someone thinks that you just ordered $10,000 worth of merchandise. Oh, I want a new bed and a new 75-inch OLED TV set and an iMac Pro. That sounds great. I'm ready for the order to show up. But you're paying for it, Jeff. Oh, all of a sudden, I'm not quite so excited about this. Send the bill to Bill Gates. Send it to Jeff Bezos. Yeah, send it to Jeff Jeff. Bezos. Let's go. So AirPlay 2 now works. Tell people what AirPlay 2 is, because some ephemeral phrase that we heard in the days of iOS 11 right at the beginning, and it Mm -hmm. took nearly a year to introduce it. Another feature that was long delayed, I'll mention in a moment. So what is AirPlay 2? Why do we care? Why did Apple take so long? All right, so what we need to start with what is AirPlay, and that's that's uh, a technology that Apple uses that lets you stream video and audio from one device to another. So the, uh, a, a perfect example would be you're watching a video on your iPhone, but you want to see it on the big screen. So you AirPlay it to your Apple TV so you can watch it on your 70-inch OLED display or television. AirPlay 2 takes that a step farther and lets you assign uh, different playback devices to like different rooms and different groups. So uh, let's say that I have speakers that that are hooked up to an AirPlay, or I have speakers that are AirPlay compatible in my living room and in my bedroom. Uh, let's go with HomePods just to make it easy. So I've got a HomePod in the living room. I've got a HomePod in the bedroom. And I can tell Siri to play music in the bedroom, or I can open up the music app uh, and then choose that as my device and send the music there, go into the living room and have it switch over to the living room. Or I can have the content playing across all the speakers simultaneously without any latency. And I think that's the part that has kept Apple from releasing AirPlay 2 when we all wanted it, when it was announced at the 2017 Worldwide Developers Conference instead of a week before the 2018 conference. And it turns out that getting that latency taken care of so that the music sound is totally in sync no matter where you go, that's really hard to do. And, uh, and apparently harder to do than Apple expected. Uh, another thing with AirPlay 2 is that if you have HomePods, you can now put them into stereo pairs. And and I have a feeling that to get that to work the way Apple really wanted took a little more coding effort than they were anticipating. So this stuff all drug out over the course of a year, and we finally got it just days before Worldwide Developer Conference 2018. There you go. While we're talking, I'm getting weird phone calls from total strangers, and it makes no sense. Anyway, so we'll be able to have our HomePod in pairs playing stereo. Mm-hmm. That's going to be exciting. Yeah, We're people also- that are doing it saying the audio is markedly better than they expected. And uh, so, like, instead of, like, doubling your audio quality, if you will, by having two HomePods together, it's more like tripling your, your audio quality when you put two in a pair. Is it still bassy? I'm assuming it's still bassy. I don't have a second HomePod to try it out. Uh, I, I, I think 
at least for me, the HomePod is in many cases still too heavy on the bass, even though they dialed it back. Uh, we, we need to have uh, a better uh, equalizer type controls for the HomePod. I don't understand why they don't have that. It seems such a simple thing. We should not have to depend on Apple's unique idea about how they should control the audio quality. Mm-hmm. Audio is I, very, very subjective. What I like, you're going to hate. Maybe. I don't know. I, I think you've got good taste. I'd probably like what you like. Thank you. He's just saying that because I can cut him off the air if he's not nice to me. <laughs> but that's okay because on other show, the Paracast, we can get pretty wacky and wooly. Any case here, let's look at iOS 12 and Mojave in the desert. Now, iOS 12, your iPad, your iPhone, and your iPod Touch, if it ran iOS 11, mm-hmm. it runs iOS 12. Yeah. And supposedly with better performance because of all these optimizations they did. Did you get much information on how they optimized performance to get these 50% and plus improvements in app launching and such? Apple didn't go into detail. Uh, at, at least not with me. So from what I gather, what they did was they, they went in and did a lot of research into where they, they were getting bottlenecks in the the different operations that need to happen and then worked on streamlining those points. Now, developer beta one of iOS 12 is out and I put it on my fourth generation iPad mini. So... Apple hasn't updated the iPad mini in several years. So th- this is not what I would consider a current technology device anymore. But even that very first developer beta, I noticed a performance improvement just across the board immediately. And I haven't restarted my iPad mini since installing the beta on um, uh, on Monday when it was available. So I've been running this for for the better part of a week without rebooting, and I haven't had any performance degradation at all. It's it's pretty impressive how much faster this iPad mini is. And this is an old iPad mini? Yeah. And and I'm not brave enough to put it on my my iPhone 10 because I need to know that my iPhone 10 just works. But I was pl- uh, playing with developers' iPhone 10s, and it was like it was a different phone. It, it, it was striking how much faster it was. And, and this is the first beta. So I can only imagine how much improvement we're going to see between now and September-ish when the official release comes out. They also improved animations, so it doesn't stall out. This is the kind of stuff they can't do in Android. No, uh, with Android, you don't have control over the hardware and the software. So you're, you're limited in the types of performance improvements you can make. Whereas Apple, controlling everything, it makes it a lot easier to really optimize the code. And remember, we're talking here about existing hardware, no changes in the hardware, just optimizing the operating system to work better. Mm-hmm. And it, it's pretty impressive. And remember, 
Apple is not going to gain from this in the early term because some people may say, why should I get a brand new iPhone if this works so much better? You know, that's something that that Apple addressed not at developer conference, but near developer conference. uh, uh, John Gruber from Daring Fireball, he hosts a a two-hour talk show event at developer conference or during developer conference every year. And he had uh, a couple top Apple engineers there, and they were talking about the the whole thing with performance and uh, and and they said their thing is they want to give everyone the best possible experience they can regardless of how often they're buying a new device because the the whole notion that that Apple intentionally hobbles devices to make us buy new ones to them seems completely insane why would someone want to buy your device if they don't like how it works so that they, they want to make sure everyone has the best experience they can so that when it comes time to buy a new device, they want to stick with Apple. So yeah, Apple may not sell as many new iPhones and iPads this year as they otherwise could, but they've got customers that are going to be happier and therefore more loyal. So when they do get to the point where they're ready to buy a new device, they're far more likely to stick with the stuff that Apple makes. And and that makes sense. This is all then about customer retention. Oh, of course. Okay. I'll buy that. We'll talk more into the announcements from the WWDC and other kind of subjects like possible future hardware updates and other issues. We've got Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer joining us. We have four segments remaining. And if you tuned in late, you're listening on the regular radio. We had Kirk McElhern earlier. First time in a few months, so that was a lot of fun, too, on the Tech Night Out Live. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. 
This is Fred. Uh, hi, I'm Fred. Fred's a repeater. I tend to repeat. Fred has a business. I do have a business. And a problem. Fred repeats the same tired advertising over and over, and now it doesn't work. Over and over. But Fred is about to see a vision. I'm seeing a vision. Advertising on the Genesis Communications Network is the smart way for Fred to reach his potential customers with the most affordable national advertising rates, period. Get started today with GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. Just email advertise at GCNlive.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So we continue here with Jeff Gammon of the Mac Observer, talking first about Skype. No, we didn't talk about Skype with him. We talked about Skype with Kurt talking about the various new features of iOS 12, such as the the shortcuts thing, kind of like Apple's automator on Mac OS. Now, we're looking at Mac OS Mojave, which is a desert. Now, some Macs are going to be in the desert because they won't run it. And I gather that's because of the lack of support for metal graphics from Macs before 2012, except for a few of those Mac Pros? That's sure what it looks like to me as well. And I, I get why Apple needs to deprecate some devices from operating system support. Uh, it just hurts when it ends up being one of mine. I've been using a 2011 13-inch MacBook Air as my macOS beta test machine, which tells you how well Apple's been optimizing operating systems because I can use a 2000 and an 11 MacBook Air to efficiently run the macOS betas. I can't do that anymore because my laptop isn't supported. So I'll have to figure out something else for, for testing the betas. But yeah, 2012 and newer for the most part. I suppose I can get a cheap SSD external drive, maybe 256 gigabytes, install a rudimentary system on my 27-inch iMac and do it that way. I have a 2010 MacBook Pro. What Apple will add a year after it was promised, though, is support for a Fusion Drive on a, um, for APFS. They promised that with High Sierra. They said, well, it's going to be in a future release, and it never came. And then Craig Frederighi says it's coming soon, and it will be with Mojave. We'll see when the first public beta comes. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I I think the reason it took so long to, to get the Fusion Drive on board is because Apple never had any intention of APFS working with spinning drives of any kind, which would include a Fusion Drive. This was all about SSD, and I don't think they anticipated the backlash that they were getting because APFS wasn't supported on uh, other media. They had to sit there and try and figure out how to engineer support for media that they never wanted to include in APFS. So it's taken them a while to do it. And the fact that it's, it's coming with Mojave, that tells me Apple actually did a pretty good job overall of making this happen. Because that had to involve some serious re-engineering at, at just the deepest foundations of this this uh, drive format. Well, at least they're doing it. 
Uh, yeah, and at least they're doing it. And we'll see if that turns out to be a good thing or a bad thing. I, I, I would have been fine, even though I have a bunch of spinning drives and different devices. I would have been fine if APFS had never come to Fusion or to regular spinning hard drives. I also got where they were going with this. So I think I'm a little more forgiving with this time frame for APFS than other people might be, especially because it didn't impact me in a, in a way that, that mattered. And consider here hundreds of millions of iOS devices were upgraded to a brand new file system with hardly a blip, hardly a whimper, nothing. Yeah, it's, it's amazing what Apple did. It's and it's also scary because they were rewriting the uh, the drive format on the fly without losing any data. I mean, that's just crazy. But they managed to pull it off. They partake in a lot of things that we don't realize. You know, we look at these things, say, oh, this feature is not this, not that. You don't think of all the work that went into it, how many years it might have required. Because Apple has been working on a brand new file system for a few years now. Mm -hmm. It's not something that just came out yesterday. Even, for example, Face ID. They didn't just implement Face ID because they couldn't get a Touch ID to embed below an OLED display on an iPhone X. That idea has been around for a while. Yep. Turns out Apple wasn't interested in embedding Touch ID into our displays, even though we had those rumors. Apple's thing was they wanted Face ID. Well, we can go into that, too, as possibilities. For Mojave, the dark mode, desktop Mm -hmm. refinement to make things a little easier to organize. Is there anything there that's really, really compelling? Well, depending on who you are, there there are different features that would be compelling. For me, dark mode actually is a, a pretty compelling feature. I, I'm looking forward to that. At, I spend so much time in front of my computer screen with these these bright, harsh windows that dark mode for that reason alone is is welcome. But when you're doing design work and uh, and photo editing, and just as part of my job, that kind of ends up happening a lot because we have graphics for articles and you know stuff like that's happening. So. I'm spending a lot of time in in Photoshop and other design apps like Affinity Photo, and having a dark mode makes it easier to perceive colors correctly because I'm not having weird color contrast side by side that alters how I'm seeing a color. That's another great place for this. I have a feeling that there will be a lot of people that really are happy to have this and other people, they, they just simply won't care. The new organization features for um, documents on your desktop, the whole stacks thing. Some people, I'm sure, will see that as a frivolous thing. But if you're someone that has files scattered all over your desktop and you just want to leave them there, but you want to have them organized better, this whole dynamic thing for putting them into stacks where they're grouped is really cool. So I'm looking forward to trying that. Uh, One of the things that a lot of people will never notice, because why should they, is the support that we're seeing first in Mojave, but it'll be a much bigger thing in 2019 with whatever macOS version that is. And that's the ability to run these apps that were originally written for iOS and then recoded and compiled for macOS. 
I, I'm very excited about that. The app specifically that I'm really looking forward to playing with is is the Home app. So I can control my HomeKit devices from my Mac, which up until Mojave comes out, that's simply not an option for me. You know, if you look in the past, Max, and I mentioned this to Kirk, these mini apps remind you of desk accessories. In many ways, they do. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Have you had a chance to look at the, I want to call it the quick look view, but that's that's not what it is. In Finder Windows, when you select a, a file, the preview thing that you get just to the right of it, now you can have controls to do other things. Like, like you can do markup and other edits. And third-party developers are going to be able to tie into that as well. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what what other developers come up with for ways that I can interact with the documents that are on my computer without having to open them first. It's you know in some ways it almost feels like Apple has been very quietly bringing us back around to Open Doc. You have to be an old timer to to know what that means. I remember beta testing OpenDoc. See, you're, you're an old timer. Ah, yes, I am. I'm an old timer. I'm looking here. You can get a portable SSD mm-hmm. for a Mac, like USB 3, mm-hmm. for maybe $130 or so. That's for 512 gigabytes, okay? Now, nice. that might be a really, really good thing to buy if you want to beta test Mac OS on a desktop Mac mm-hmm. without having to go through the bother of risking your internal drive. Well, if you only have one Mac and it's your mission critical Mac, having an external drive that you can install the beta on and run from there is a smart idea. I mean, we're talking early developer betas, which means things are going to break. Even though people are really impressed with the performance of these betas, things are going to break. And you can't risk your primary machine that's earning you money with betas like that. So so either different machine or get an external SSD and put Mojave there. More to come on the Tech Night Now Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S 
www.thebrokerage.com. If you owe money to the IRS, you need to hear this. The IRS is cracking down on those who owe back taxes. It starts with a devastating letter. And if you don't act immediately, you could find yourself having your wages garnished or have a lien placed on your property. But there's a solution. Tax 10,000 can help. Avoid enforced compliance, where these holds on your income and seizure of your home could become a nightmare that just won't end. Call 800-239-9957 now and speak to one of our experts. 800-239-9957 is the number to link you directly to a tax resolution specialist who will negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. Working through the IRS Fresh Start program, all the forms will be handled for you. All you have to do is make the toll-free call, 800-239-9957. Find out if you qualify and possibly save yourself thousands of dollars, not to mention a lot of headaches. It could be the best call you've made today. That number again, 800-239-9957. The service does not provide tax settlement or legal services. We will refer you to a company that does provide such services. Often the IRS will not agree to any reduction in the amount owed. Not all taxpayers who owe more than $10,000 will qualify for a tax reduction program. You have been lied to. Generation after generation, time after time after time. If you follow the money, then you understand why America's in the condition it's in. Now, you created the Star Reserve in 1913 through lies. You create 9-11. Through 9-11, you, then you're fighting a war on terror. And now all of a sudden you go into Iraq, which was another lie. This book will open people's eyes. Order now at KillingUncleSamBook.com. KillingUncleSamBook.com. How well and how fast does heart and body extract work to improve blood circulation? Listen. My name is Ellis, and I'm 66 years old, and I live in Jacksonville, Florida. Two years ago, I was diagnosed as having clogged arteries. I had 70% blockage in one artery leading to my heart. They wanted me to go on Plavix, but I refused, knowing the negative side effects. Heart and body extract is a unique balance, synergy, and proportion of herbs reaching from head to toe at maximum absorption around 95% at the cellular level. Within the first month, I felt a dramatic difference. The heaviness in my legs was reduced, and within two months, I felt completely normal. Your natural organic herbal formula for heart health is heart and body extract. Heart and body extract comes with a 100% ironclad money back guarantee. Details at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305 for heart and body extract. Call 866-295-5305. 866-295-5305 for heart and body extract. Healthcare reform is confusing. With the loss of the Obamacare mandate, those needing help can now choose an affordable alternative. By joining Liberty HealthShare, you're part of a community of health-conscious Americans all over the country who control their own healthcare costs and choices. Liberty HealthShare is not insurance. It is an association of self-pay patients who unite with like-minded people to share the cost of their medical needs. Neighbor helping neighbor. Learn more now by going to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. Just looking at prices at Amazon. Sandisk Extreme 510 Portable SSD, 480 gigabytes, USB 3, really nice looking. It's $140. That's for five, you know, it's 480, which is close enough to 500. And I'm looking, and there are different ones there. And if you really can live with like 256, 
you can get one for like ninety dollars. Well, you know, for beta testing, ninety dollars for that SSD, that sounds pretty good. You don't need to put a ton of apps on on just to do your testing, hopefully. Yeah, but with a five hundred gigabytes or four eighty, you can put quite a lot on there. Oh yeah. Well, maybe I'll be buying a, a a new SSD after the show. Okay, you do that. Okay, if, and if you can afford it, get me an extra one. Okay, I could use sweet. It. Yeah, I know you will do that, but he won't. Okay, Mojave, what didn't impress you? Uh, well, that's a good question. I mean, I didn't watch the. Oh, oh, here's here's what disappointed me when the keynote started. And we jumped into iOS. Apple went for an hour. And then they jumped on to watchOS and went for 20 minutes. And then they went to tvOS and went for 10 minutes. Then they jumped to macOS. And at this point, I was really worried. Like, was it just going to be 10 minutes of time? Then they were done. But it turned out to be like 25 minutes of time. I was disappointed because I felt like Apple could have gone deeper into what they were showing us. And I'm wondering if uh, if there are features that they had wanted to include, but just simply couldn't. So what what are we not getting in Mojave that that we should have? And I wish there had been more time spent on macOS High Sierra or <laughs> macOS Mojave. Yeah, it seemed like almost an afterthought. Yeah, not like Apple TV did, but it felt like they were finding ways to fill up the 25 minutes. And the thing is, they had some really compelling stuff that they that they started showing during the State of the Union, which follows the keynote. And, and that one's very specific for developers. Like, they were showing some really cool stuff that they're doing with password management. And they showed the the whole thing with how getting your apps ready for dark mode works. And I mean, there's just a, kept going into these these things like that. And I felt like there were all these other features that they could have shown during the main keynote. And I wonder why they didn't. Well, you know, it might be the fact that they only showed a portion of what you're getting in iOS 12 e- either. But of course, because True. the audience and the number of developers handling iOS apps is so much greater, they had to allocate more time for them. Sure. Maybe they could have cut back a little bit on the demonstration time and uh, shaved out at least five more minutes where they could have talked about the stronger password uh, features that we're getting in Mojave. I would have, I would have been happy for that. Let's talk about some of the features. So we have here. The default position to turn off the comment and like buttons and stuff like that in Facebook. I bet the people Mm -hmm. at Facebook love that. You know, Facebook, they were probably seething after the the keynote. And all, all of these ad marketing companies, they have to be just furious with Apple. Because what Apple did when they started showing off all this stuff, without coming out and saying, marketing companies, websites that that like to exploit personal data, we are shutting you down. Because that, that's exactly what, what Apple was saying. I mean, just blocking those buttons that 
always end up including tracking uh, cookies, doing all the stuff that they're doing to mask your digital fingerprint online. Because even if you don't have those those cookies installed and, and tracking pixels following you everywhere, companies are still building profiles about who you are based on what kind of machine you have, what operating system you're running, what apps are installed, what fonts are installed. And they can build a pretty accurate profile of who you are and then track you around the internet from that. Apple is shutting that down with Safari as well in, in Mojave. And that's pretty cool. So let me get this story that you mentioned on your site from one of your colleagues. Facebook bug made 14 million users posts public over five days in May. Facebook. Yeah. Now, I'm assuming this is the same Facebook that says that they really value our privacy. It's the same Facebook where its CEO appeared before Congress And for every other question he was asked, he said, can I have my team get back to you on that? Yeah. It's uh, uh, Facebook has always played fast and loose with our privacy and has, has taken measures to protect our privacy only when it serves their best interest. And, and that's typically things like uh, like the the government starts doing inquiries into their activity they start getting seriously bad press they it's just it's very frustrating because most people have no idea how detailed the profiles are that Facebook has built on them and how those are being exploited and then to have a problem like this where millions of posts that should be private are suddenly public for everyone to see, not only is that uncool, but it's also potentially damaging to a lot of people. I mean, what if you're in a situation where you're in, say, an abusive relationship and you have private posts that that you you where you're opening up to someone in a position of trust in some way about what's going on and that is now suddenly public i mean yes that's embarrassing but if the abuser sees that sort of content now you could be in, in, in facing serious harm it's it's just bad And I already see the potential for problems because there's a group of people out there online that's been going after me, hijack my Twitter account. They actually hijacked two of my bank accounts. That's just horrible. I mean, that that shouldn't happen at all. I mean, people just shouldn't do that sort of thing. And yet they do. And and so now you're the victim of, of these crimes and... If there's something that was in your private Facebook post that had been made public, they could potentially exploit that to harm you as well. That I mean, that's really crappy. They're not nice people out there, and you have to watch for these not nice people. More to come with Jeff Gamut on the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. 
Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Want revenge on the common housefly? Well, after 10,000 years, someone has finally come up with a better way. The Bug Assault, a miniaturized shotgun, which utilizes ordinary table salt as ammunition. Non-toxic and no batteries required. So much fun, you'll forget you have a wife and kids. $39.95 and free economy shipping. Use discount code GCN and get an extra 10% off your purchase at BugAssault.com. Fire your fly swatter. Get your Bug Assault today. This is Fred. Uh, hi, I'm Fred. Fred's a repeater. I tend to repeat. Fred has a business. I do have a business. And a problem. Fred repeats the same tired advertising over and over, and now it doesn't work. Over and over. But Fred is about to see a vision. I'm seeing a vision. Advertising on the Genesis Communications Network is the smart way for Fred to reach his potential customers with the most affordable national advertising rates, period. Get started today with GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. Just email advertise at GCNlive.com. Advertising is simple. It starts with someone who has a need. Mom! And then gets more specific. Mom, I want pizza. Then we add urgency. I want pizza tonight. Before you know it, your GCN advertising message is reaching millions of listeners. Listeners who are definitely in need. We want pizza! You see? Advertising on GCN is simple. Your message meets their need, and the result means new business for you. Tell us about your business. Then let our super creative department go to work to craft just the right message to feed those who have an urgent need. We want pizza tonight! GCN has the most affordable national radio advertising rates, period. And millions of people listen to GCN radio programs on over 1,000 AM and FM and XM stations and streaming audio live. Get started today with GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. Just shoot us an email, advertise at GCNlive.com. Warning, if you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back, because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to let us settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-959-5759. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee, so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-959-5759. That's 1-800-959-5759. 1-800-959-5759. All right, crew, let's get her dug. Honey, you want to give me a hand? I'm planting that tree, remember? No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. You must call 811 at least two to three business days before any digging project so you can avoid hitting our essential buried utilities. This includes natural gas and petroleum pipelines, electric, communication cables, and water and sewer lines. So before you do this, or this, make sure you do this. 
For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811. Brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. We continue. It's a dangerous world out there. We should just put everything under our beds, all our money under our mattresses, under our memory foam mattresses. These beds in a box. You have one of yeah. those beds in a box where you open the box and the thing just explodes? Yeah. When the box showed up, I was pretty sure I'd been sent the wrong size mattress because it was too small to hold a queen size mattress. And I opened up the box, I pulled the mattress out, and I realized that the box was actually Time Lord technology because it had to be bigger on the inside. And, uh, and yeah. Now, now I have my memory foam mattress that was delivered right to my door. Describe the process here. You take this wrapping off at this plastic wrap and the thing just blows up. Yeah, it's I mean, it's not like an explosion, but uh, but it just kind of unrolls and and just starts getting bigger. And it takes it took about five minutes from from cutting the box open to the point where the mattress had fully expanded and you could lay down on it. It was crazy. Even then, I understand here Mm -hmm. that what happens is here, even after it reaches kind of an optimum level, for the first couple of days, it'll still expand slightly. Mine may have expanded a little more. I don't know. What I did notice was that the off-gassing was pretty strong. So I ended up having to take my mattress and put it out in the hall outside my bedroom and leave it there for a few days, and let it let it off gas and then bring it back in. Explain to our listeners what this means. It's part of the process used to compress it. Yeah. So you have these chemicals that that are part of the rubber foams and memory foams and uh, other materials they use to make the mattress that once it expands, it starts coming out of the pores. And so you get this, the smell. I mean, it doesn't bother some people. For me, it, it felt really strong. You know, it's kind of like when you have a Barbie doll, brand new, it has a Barbie doll smell. Okay. It, it's off gassing that stuff from the petroleum chemical base, whatever that's used to make the plastic. And so you kind of get the same thing with the bed. And uh, in my case, wow, that smelled really strong. What kind of bed? I have a Casper. Okay, they're using the same technology as others. Yeah, a lot of these companies that are that are doing the mattress in a box, they're they're using the same technology. They, they might put the, the layers together in different ways and do stuff so that the bed feels a little different. But the technology that goes into the bed, it it's the same for all of them. There we go. But we're not here to talk about beds. We're here to talk about technology. What is this here that there's a $2 app for your Apple Watch that brings Alexa to the Apple Watch? What? That's kind of cool. And I say kind of cool because it's not completely transparent. It's not like lifting up your watch and and saying, yo, Siri, uh, turn on the lights. But, I mean, it gets you close. So you have to launch this this 
uh, Alexa interface app on the watch, and then you can give it voice commands. So it's it's bringing your your uh, Alexa voice control to your wrist, and uh, it's it's actually cool. I I would love it if there was a way that they could make it even more transparent so you didn't have to go to the app before you started doing it but you know even if they could make a complication where you where you tap the complication that would be kind of cool too but it's it's a slick little app and it and to me it shows just how interested the public is or at least that the tech savvy public is in being able to use voice control wherever they can i don't care really but then that's me. All right. Remember, I don't have an Apple Watch yet either. I have the $12.88 watch from Walmart. And I wonder if Walmart's really getting some money from that. People going into Walmart and say, what do you have for twelve eighty eight? And you get a decent watch. It keeps some mm, sort of accurate time. Picks up a few seconds a month. It's got a dumb calendar that only recognizes 31-month days, 31-day months. Mm-hmm. And you have to go back and make manual adjustments every month if it's the wrong month. The battery goes in about a year or so, but Walmart charges less than $6 to replace it. So you're paying almost half the price of your watch to get a new battery put in it. That's right. So my $12.88 Walmart watch has cost me an additional $12. So it is now a $24.88 watch. I've had for three years. That, that is pretty cool. And you don't have to worry about software updates. And uh, you, don't, you don't have to worry about rebooting your watch if something goes wrong. And you don't have to charge it every night. There is that. I just stick it in my office area. I lay it down. I pick it up the next day, and it's still running. I can't do that with an Apple Watch. So what are we expecting to see in Apple Watches? Speaking of the devil here, mm-hmm. it's getting better and better every year. It's the number one best-selling wearable on mm-hmm. the planet, the watch, the product that the people didn't expect to be successful. What are we going to see in Apple Watches? What does Watch OS, was it, 5 now show? Well, Watch OS 5, um, that, let's see. So that, that gives us more control over our workouts, which is great because that's something that, or that's a space that I feel Apple has really neglected on the Apple Watch, which is surprising because they really push health and fitness with the watch. And uh, and with the Fitbit, you've been able to go in and and have greater control over your workouts for years, but it wasn't there with Apple Watch. So we're getting that. And, uh, and, and I'm glad to see that. I wish that there was an option... And of course, this option would end up on the iPhone, where you could go in and uh, and have full edit control over your workouts, which is something I, I always had when I had a Fitbit, because sometimes you forget to to create a workout, you forget to stop a workout, you you uh, you know there there are times where you want to edit a workout, and you really don't have those controls yet, but you now can uh, do contests with your friends. So if you have friends that, that are workout friends, uh, you can compete against each other, which for a lot of people would be great because 
you may need that extra motivation that goes along with seeing a friend is getting more fitness points than you are on a day to get out and and walk a little bit more or maybe go to the gym and uh, and do a treadmill or lift some weights whatever it is so i'm glad to see these new fitness features showing up uh i like that you can invoke siri simply by raising your wrist and you don't you don't have to say yo siri hey yes lady you know whatever you just raise your wrist and start talking and it knows you're you're issuing a, a siri command i think that's pretty cool and it feels a lot more natural so uh, I'm looking forward to playing with that. I, I won't install watchOS betas because if something goes wrong, your your watch is just ruined. Um, so I'll have to wait until we get uh, the official release this fall for that. But I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Do you have public betas of watchOS or not? Or is it just no. for developers? watchOS betas are only for developers. and uh, And I believe that's because... If something goes wrong, your watch is bricked. And uh, so Apple can't fix it. Bad. If you bring your watch to Apple, they can't fix it. Yeah, from what I understand, you uh, you end up with a new watch. So they like they give you a refurbished watch. And uh, if if you're not under Apple Care, I think you end up buying a new watch. They probably give you a discount, but yeah, your watch your watch is toast. So. Uh, no, no watchOS betas for me, and I'm glad there's no watchOS betas for the public. That's good. They should find a better way. Hopefully, they will in the future. We got Jeff Gammon for one more segment of the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. 
Want revenge on the common housefly? Well, after 10,000 years, someone has finally come up with a better way. The Bug Assault, a miniaturized shotgun, which utilizes ordinary table salt as ammunition. Non-toxic and no batteries required. So much fun, you'll forget you have a wife and kids. $39.95 and free economy shipping. Use discount code GCN and get an extra 10% off your purchase at BugAssault.com. Fire your fly swatter. Get your Bug Assault today. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. This is Dan Pillett. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpillett.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. So, let's watch OS 5. Don't become a developer and test it unless you're prepared for misery. TV OS. Mm-hmm. Are we seeing much there? The big thing that I like in TV OS is what they're calling zero sign-on. And this is the next phase from what they gave us previously, which was single sign-on. So you, you put in your cable or uh, satellite service provider information, and then when you download one of the channels that you have available to you download the app to the apple tv it automatically fills everything in and you can just start using the channel with the zero sign on you don't have to do the thing where you go get the apps it knows what's part of your cable package and then it puts the apps on your tv for you and you can just start watching and it it makes the whole process even more transparent which i think is great and the, the problem is for 
so many of us is do you have a provider that's actually participating in this sadly for me xfinity has chosen not to so i don't get to take advantage of single sign-on or this fall zero sign-on and there's only one company that at least as of right now has agreed to participate in the zero sign-on process and i'm sorry but their name is completely escaping me at the moment it's not xfinity cox no it's not cox yeah i don't remember which one it is okay i think what we both can say is we don't get to take advantage of zero sign-on so hopefully apple will get more companies on board before the new tvos ships and maybe we'll get lucky and xfinity will finally be on the list i'm hoping it's weird that they're not i mean it doesn't seem like this would have a negative impact on xfinity so i i don't know why they're holding out but the thing is the way this is working at this point it's much easier for a cable company to say hey when you sign up for us we'll give you an apple tv and that's your cable box i still haven't found a need for an apple tv in my current setup anymore i have the third generation the 1080p model this is before the apple tv 4 Mm-hmm. It's obviously not 4K. I have a 4K set. And the only thing I was really watching on was Netflix because the Netflix interface in my previous Vizio TV sucked rocks. So I don't have that. And the Apple TV 4K is just too expensive unless I want to subscribe to Direct TV now, three months for $35 and get my free Apple TV and then mm-hmm. cancel. I still don't need it because I have Netflix as an app in the Chromecast feature of the Vizio TV. So I can watch pretty much the same interface, standard Netflix interface, and watch the shows I want. So I have no reason to worry about an Apple TV. I like the single sign-on. That makes a lot of sense once it gets implemented because we're looking at a beta right now. So Mm -hmm. maybe by the time the fall arrives, we'll have something that makes sense there. But you see... What is Apple going to bring to me that I want? Those new TV shows, maybe? Maybe then. I think that we may see more interest, or no, we'll see growing interest in Apple TV once Apple Music TV shows, or whatever they're going to call it, start rolling out because people are going to want something connected right to their television to watch the shows on the big screen. And presumably, an Apple TV will be the perfect solution for that. Right, as long as you want the Apple services. That's the key right. here. It's the Apple services that this is all about. Right. Yeah, if you want to buy into Apple's ecosystem, an Apple TV makes a lot more sense. I don't understand the pricing, though. Uh, the You mean the Apple TV pricing? Yes, $179 for the entry-level model. Oh, yeah, okay, yes, I'm with you. It, it seems like if, if Apple wanted to have higher adoption, then they would not charge as much. Uh, so, But I don't know exactly what it costs to make an Apple TV. So may, maybe that's what they have to charge. I, I'm assuming they could cut the price, though. I'm guessing here. It would be really nifty if they thought of something like that, found a way to make it for less money, 
It might be that it has to be $179, but then again, what is this deal with DirecTV? They're giving away these boxes. I assume DirecTV is paying Apple something. I would assume so. They're giving them away for three payment for $35 a month, $105. There's no minimum contract. There's no early termination agreement or anything like that. So I guess it's to Apple's advantage to have that traffic, those customers. But what is Apple charging AT&T? Or is AT&T and Apple both splitting the loss? Apple doesn't strike me as a company that is interested in selling anything at a loss. And, and they don't have to. So they're, they're making some money on the deal. It's, there's just no way around that. So my guess is that DirecTV is taking a loss to get the customers in. Because with three months, that it, if you've ever done an Apple Music subscription, you get three months. And the reason you get that much time is because after three months, the likelihood that you will cancel the service goes down dramatically. Uh, people tend to get in the habit of using something, and they... Uh, they become complacent. So after three months, you're not going to have nearly as many people that decide to shut the service back off. And yes, of course, I know that there there are always people that are that are ready with a reminder on the day that they can shut something off to do it. But generally speaking, you keep more subscribers that way. So my guess is that Direct TV with the direct now service is expecting that after three months, enough people will keep using the service that uh, they'll, they'll make up whatever their losses are then. So it's just part of the acquisition of customers. That's all. It's like giving away a free smartphone when you sign up people for service, because you hope that they will become long-term customers because it costs a lot of money to get a customer, but Retaining a customer is a lot less. Yes. You see all the detail he gives us there. It's just amazing. <laughs> uh, you know, you nailed it. All I had to do was validate what you were saying. Well, of course you should. Of course, everything I say should be evaluated. And, and then validated. I've been validated for years, but nobody ever figured out how. how. Yeah, well, that's okay. Take it as you can get it, right? Exactly. Jeff Gamut, where do we find more of your stuff? You can find more of my stuff along with the stuff from a lot of other great writers over at MacObserver.com. And you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Jay Gamut. And I'm on the Daily Observations podcast, the iOS show podcast, Apple Context Machine. Uh, I, I kind of get around on podcasts. So you can find me on a lot of shows too. And you can find us on Twitter if you look for Tech Night Owl. Look for our second radio show, the PowerCast about UFOs and things that go bump in the night. And this week, our guest will be a young man named Ryan Sprague, who is made up with ghosts and UFOs and who knows what else. Go to PowerCast.com. Don't forget the version of this show without the network ads. Go to Tech Night Owl Plus. Go to plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. For a modest subscription rate, we give you... That's you out there. We give you 
a special version of the show with higher quality audio and no network ads. Starting at $1.49 a week, we have long-term subscriptions too for even less money. Plus.technightout.com. Jeff Gamet, we alerted you at short notice here. Thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. I'm always happy to, to get to spend time chatting with you. It's fun every single time. So thanks for having me on. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.